Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, as we were worshiping last night before the service, I was preaching on this same topic, and the Lord spoke to me. He said that we're not called to be technicians, but we're called to be lovers as Christians. There's plenty of people that are technically right, but their heart is far from God. It's, it's what the Pharisees were. They were technicians. They had all their ducks in a row, every I dotted and every T crossed, and they had all their doctrine and all their, their they had it all together. They, they knew the right way you were supposed to be a worshiper of God, but their heart was far from God. It's, it's, God, it's love. It's the love of God. It's God's love that makes us worshipers. It's the Father's love. It's drinking the Father's love. And that's what I, I want to share with you today. You know, um, our, our first, our base, the basic need that we're, we're all created with this. We're created with this need in our heart of hearts to be loved. And, and we, we need to be loved by our, our, our mom and our dad. There's all called to call, 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 call. That really, it stems from our, our greatest need of all, which is to be accepted and loved by God. In 1 John chapter 4, 19, it says, this simple verse, it says, we love him because he first loved us. My, my love for God is birthed out of his intense, passionate love for me. His love for me that he displayed, that he demonstrated for me. He demonstrated this love for me when, he's, when, he, when God's only begotten son took on himself a human body to come to this earth with me in mind, to, to represent me, to die in my place. The cross demonstrates the Father's love for me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The crucifixion of the son of God is God screaming out, I love you more than you can imagine. I love you enough to take your place, to be judged in your place, that you can experience my love. You know, in Ephesians chapter one, it says that we've, we've received all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ And Paul goes on to say the reason that that's true is because we've been made acceptable. Everyone say acceptable. I've been made acceptable. Not not because of my actions. Not because I was born in a certain family. Not because I was born in a certain, certain country. Not because I have a certain skin tone on my body. I've been made acceptable before God by one reason and one reason only. By the blood, by the blood, by the blood, by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only agent that makes sinful man acceptable before God. He washes us and we become whiter than snow. And when that event takes place, when I am, see the love of God and I recognize that love is for me and I open my heart, I am hit right in the middle of my being with God's love. I'm smacked with his love, with his kiss of love. And his love transforms me and makes me into a lover of God. I begin to say, how could someone love me, love me in my unloveliness, love me in my my ugliness? He loved me in my my worst moments, accepted me in my, my worst case scenario and washed me clean and brought me to himself. And he loved me with an everlasting love. He's loved me with the same love that he loves his son. Because when he sees me, all he can see is Jesus. His eyesight is filtered 
You ever heard about heaven? Eyes that are filtered. All of us have eyes that are filtered. We see through our own little eyes. And it's filtered by our lifelong experiences. But God's, God's eyes, the Father's love is filtered by blood. It's filtered by the blood. He can't see our, our sinfulness. He sees Christ. When he turns to all those who've called upon the name of Jesus, all he can see is Christ. And he is moved with love. And his love pours like a mighty river, like a mighty infinite river. Which brings me to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that describes this, this for me. The Romans 5, 5 says, Hope does not disappoint, because the love of God, the love of God, how deep is that love? How wide is that love? It, it, you can't put a number on it. It's, a, it's an infinite ocean. It's an ocean that has no top, no shore, no bottom. It's endless love. Its depths can't be spanned. It goes on for eternity. And that love of God has been poured out on my life. By, how is it poured out on my life? Through the, the Holy Spirit. Is the actual manifestation of the Father's love. The Father's blessing. So I... I drink in his love. I drink in his love for me. Yeah, he's, he's included me in his love. I'm blessed with the Father's blessing. I've received the blessing of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus. The blessing of Abraham is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I open wide my heart and I say, Father, fill me again and again with the awesome Holy Spirit. Immerse me and baptize me in your love, oh Father God. Not because of what, I, what I've done, but because of, of Christ, for Christ's sake and through the righteous of Christ that's on me. Pour it out, God. Pour it out on me. Fullness, Lord God. Not just a little bit. Fullness, fullness, fullness. Fullness of the Holy Spirit on my life. So we are called. We are called by love. We are changed by love. We are called into a life of romance. We're called to be lovers. The, the greatest of songs in the Bible, Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse number 1. The song of all songs, which is Solomon's. This is how he starts it. I mean, he goes right for it. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. That's how he starts his song. For your love is better than wine because of the fragrance of your good ointments. Your name is poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me away. will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers of love. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We'll remember your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. You know, recently I was rereading a book. I've read it a couple. I think it's the third time I've read this book. It's called... It's called The Father's Blessing. And it's um, John Arnott's story of what happened in Toronto in 1994. For those of you that may not know, Toronto experienced an incredible outpouring in 1994. And in a matter of five years, over, over three million people came in five years to visit the church. Three million. That's a lot of people. Most of the, a lot of those people came from Europe. It was an incredible outpouring. You know, the, the media started covering it. Of course, they started covering it because for, for years, all the hotels in Toronto were filled with people coming to church from all over the world. Visitation. And they were experiencing extreme drunkenness and intoxication. They called it the Toronto Blessing. 
when John wrote his book, he said, oh, no, they, he says, the, the media call it the Toronto blessing, but this is not the Toronto blessing. He says, this is the Father's blessing. The Father's blessing. He said, this is the promise of the Father. This is, this is what our hearts are longing for, the Father's blessing. And in this book, he talked about, about how we're called to be lovers. He said, we're called to be, called to be lovers. And he, he compared it to a marriage. He says, can you imagine getting married and you're getting ready to, to exchange the vows? Then in the vows, uh, the wife tells the husband, I'll be, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold down a job. I'll take care of the house. I'll take care of the kids. I'll do all my wifely duties. But I'm not the emotional type. Don't expect any emotional response from me. Don't expect any hugs or kisses or intimacy because that's not who I am. I'm just, I'm just not like that. I'm not wired that way. And, and the husband, the same way, he says, well, you know, I'll, I'll hold down a job. I'll protect you and provide for you. You know, I'll take care of you. But, but you know, I don't, I don't want any, you expect anything emotionally from me. Now, does that sound like a marriage you'd be interested in? No. But actually what it is, it's a description of most people's church and Christian experience. I'll do all the right stuff. I'll do all the right stuff. I'll sing the right songs. I'll dress it upright. You know, I'll, 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 I'll stop my profanity. I'll stop my drinking. And maybe it depends on what church I go to. But I'll stop my drinking, and I'll drink my, my pot smoking, and, and, I, and I'll quit my, my stealing and, and pilfering. I'll even read my Bible, and I'll even tithe and come to church once or maybe twice in a week. But don't expect any emotional response from me. You know, if it, if it doesn't touch your emotions, I doubt that it's real to you. You know, things that are important to us evoke strong feelings. God created you to have strong feelings. He, he created you to have strong feelings. If someone is going to attack one of your children, he's created a man and a woman to have strong feelings about protection. If someone tries to seduce your, your, your husband or your wife, it erupts strong feelings. You were created that way, to have strong feelings. You were created to have strong feelings and a great need to be loved. If you're a man, to be loved by a woman. And for a woman to be loved by a man, it's part of who you are. It's part of your nature. God created you that way. And he wants those feelings to be pure, and he wants them to be passionate. And he wants them to be real. But in the same way, these are all just shadows. They're all just shadows of the one true love. The one true love. Lord, I long to know true love. The love of God that's revealed in your son Jesus. The love of God that's poured out on me by the person of the Holy Spirit. And when we are touched with the real, he calls us to be lovers. He calls us to be lovers. It strips away the pride. It strips away the arrogance. It strips, strips away the pretensions and the false intentions and the impure motives. It strips away all of that gunk. He makes us children. Jesus, I want to know true love. That's what begins to come out of our hearts. A great deeper than the love here on earth. Jesus. So he calls us to be lovers. It's the Father's blessing. Yeah, it's the Father's blessing. It is. Yeah, and then he communicates this love to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is, is the manifestation of the love of God. Do you remember what, what the, father, the Father said when Jesus, the Son of God, was baptized by John the Baptist? Father shouted from heaven. The Father shouted, this is the Son of my love. Most translations say my beloved son, but it's literally the son of my love. This is the son of my love. And as he shared, this is the son of my love, wham! The Holy Ghost, the love of God began to pour out and pour out. In that case, like a dove on the day of Pentecost, like a mighty rushing wind, John saw it as a, a river of love flowing and gushing from the Father's throne. The Father is oozing and overflowing. He's an endless fountain of love that's pouring out from Him. And when you taste that love, it's, it's life-changing. Oh, you're ruined from the love of this world, absolutely ruined from the love that this world has to offer. It's deeper, it's sweeter, it's purer, it's more powerful. It's the love of God. And Paul prays about this in Ephesians 3.19. He's praying for the church that they can taste experientially the love of God. Amplified Bible, he says, I'm praying that you might really, really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ. Not just know about it, but to know it, to taste it. That you'd have the taste of love, the kiss of love, the scent of love. That Christ has been there and he's marked you with his touch. Which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. See, we're not called to be technicians. We're called to be lovers. That you might be filled through your being. Filled through your being. Filled through your being. Unto all the fullness of God. And may have the richest measure of the divine presence. He's talking about the love of God. The richest measure. Shikap raste. Of the divine presence. And become a body wholly filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. Woo! Filled and flooded with God Himself. Filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. That's our portion. That's Paul's prayer. Filled and flooded. Overflowing with the love of God. Amen. This is the Father's love. Now this takes us back to this place. It's a place that we're drawn into. It's a place that you can learn to go to. You can find the, 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 the place of access, the address to the Father's house. You can come there on a daily basis. It's a place of security and rest. Jesus said that there was joy in the Father's house. He talked about it in John 14, 15, and 16. Here's a couple of those verses. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. In the next chapter, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you. That my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full, might be overflowing, filled and overflowing with the joy of the Lord. This is the joy. You know, sometimes 
lots of times, people, when they're touched powerfully by the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. One of the, one of the sure signs is supernatural joy. Supernatural joy is, is, is a clear indication that something real is happening there. And what, what this is, you know, joy, if you haven't figured it out yet, one of the greatest reasons people become happy and joyful is because they've finally discovered that they've been accepted and loved, that God loves them. It's just, like, it's just like the first time that you're the person you fell in love with. You found out that their feelings were, were mutual. It, it, it rep, joy erupted in your heart when you realized that they loved you as much as you loved them. And the response is not sadness, but it's maybe a little dance. Maybe it's a shout, but it's surely joy. It's our response to love. And when the greatest love of all, this infinite love begins to wash over us. Yeah, don't be surprised if incredible joy is your response. When the joy comes, you yield to it. Jesus also said in chapter 16, verse 24, he said, Until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. When Jesus talked about full joy... He was all like talking about like a boat filled with fish till it sank. He was talking about overflowing joy, ecstatic, exuberant, excessive, luxurious, overflowing joy that flows from the Father above. The Father's rest. Oh yeah, we've just, we're talking about the, the result, the, the effect of His love on us. It brings rest, incredible rest. She must say, healing rest. Healing rest into our being. Hebrews 4, 9, and 10. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. You know, this world can be, pretty, can be pretty exhausting. It's exhausting. There is stuff happening all the time. Little stuff and big stuff. And it's ex- absolutely exhausting. Without spiritual rest, you'll, be, you'll succumb to the tension and the strife, and you'll become part of the vibe, vibes and the vibration of this stressful world. It'll become part of your nature. You'll be filled with the nature of this world, and you'll act like the nature of this world. But there is a place of rest for the people of God. It's the Father's house. There remains a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has also ceased from his own works. As God did from his. We cease from our own works and we enter in. Shebasta, thank you, Father, not by works of righteousness, which I've done, but by your mercy, by the washing and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. I step into this place of rest and therapy and relaxation. Oh, if you're filled with stress this morning, there's a place of healing, therapy. If you're sick, there's a place of healing for your physical body. If you're torn with strife, oh, and pressure, there's a place of rest in the presence of the Lord. If you're anger, angry, there's a place of forgiveness and rest and peace in the presence of the Lord our God. The Father's rest. Zephaniah said it like this, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love. And he will joy over you with singing. The ESV Bible says it like this. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exhort. He will exult over you with loud singing. Now here we're getting to the best, the best part of this. You know with a father... 
is after. What is, what's he, what is he after? What is, what is he looking for? What is the point? The point of this whole creation of displaying his glory, the crowning, the crown of this creation, the final touch of God displaying his glory is his purchased sons and daughters. Sons and daughters that were rebels. We were children of darkness, children of disobedience. We've been washed in his blood. He sent the spirit of adoption into our hearts, and we've become his sons and daughters. This is how Paul said it in Romans 8. He says, for all who are led by the spirit are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, sons and daughters, sons and daughters. We received the spirit of God, and he's made us his sons and daughters, the objects of his affection, the crown of his creation to display God in this universe. By this we cry, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. Heirs of God. An heir. I have an inheritance. Yes, this inheritance includes substance. It includes prosperity. It includes health. It includes all the things that that mankind is looking and striving to get. It includes all those things. But that's not the real object of our inheritance. We are heirs of God. God himself is our inheritance. God himself, that's, that's what I've inherited. I've inherited the infinite one, the almighty one El Shaddai, the almighty God, Jehovah Shira, Jehovah Sikanu, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Nisi. He is my inheritance. He is my portion. He's filled me with this portion. Oh, I am a son of God. I am a son of God, and it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the great, it's the greatest place to be. We're heirs of God. We are fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. And this is how Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Sons and daughters, sons and daughters, sons and daughters. God is pouring out in these days his spirit on sons and daughters across the land. Sons of God, daughters of, just lift your hands for a moment right now. Say, Ma, thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've made me your son. You've made me your daughter. Thank you, Lord God, for the promise of the Father. Thank you for the Father's blessing. Shebramath, that comes on your sons and your daughters. Oh, can you imagine the excitement of the Joseph when his father was approaching him to lay his hands upon him. He had heard stories all his life about his great granddad Abraham. He had heard stories all his life about his grandfather Isaac. 
And he had heard, he had seen for himself the, his father and the blessing of God upon Jacob. And now the hands are going to be laid on him and the blessing of God is going to come upon his life. He was what Joseph was called as, as Jacob's favorite son, says it in the Bible. Somehow, you know, this is, this is the revelation I got from the Lord personally in 1994 that I am his favorite son. <laughs> but in actual fact, because God, his rules, don't, his, his rules are different. Every one of us can be his favorite son or his favorite daughter. It's a whole different set of rules with God. And just like Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, I am his favorite son. And he, he treats me with blessings that no one else can experience. And an access that no one else has. And, and blessing upon my life that, that no one else even knows. He is my father. And I'm experiencing every day of my life the, the father's blessing upon my life. I'll finish with this. Oh, wow. I've just, um, I've totally messed myself up here, haven't I? <laughs> anyway. Let me read these two last scriptures. Ephesians 5.18. Do not, do not get drunk with wine. So he's t- Paul, Paul talked about the importance of multiple, multiple fillings. Multiple fillings. He, he, he realized that the world that we live in is, is treacherous. And there need to be daily fillings. He said, do not get drunk with wine for that's a debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. To be filled and intoxicated with the Spirit again and again and again. Jeremiah said it like this. He said, my heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. And I'm like a drunken man and like a man whom wine is overcome because of the Lord and because of his holy words. Jeremiah, overwhelmed by the glory of God, revealed in his prophetic word that was flooding his whole being. He was shaken and intoxicated with the love of God. Paul said to ever be stimulated and filled, intoxicated like a drunken man in the world would drink his wine. The spiritual man can drink of God and be saturated and filled again and again with the glory of God's presence. He equips us. There's, you know, there's no such thing as having too much of the Father's love. No such thing of drinking too much of the Father's love. There's no, no excess in the Father's house. You can drink as much as you want of His great love. It transforms us and makes us into men and women of God. It, may, it, it begins to reveal who we really are. You know, legally you've become a son or a daughter. And everything that he's purchased is legally yours. But experientially, it becomes a reality through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And as we drink on a daily basis and walk in his fullness, it begins to be revealed. And you know, the fullness of that. John said, we haven't yet seen. We haven't yet seen what it's going to be like. But when he appears... When he appears, we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is the fullness of who we are as sons and daughters of God. We'll never be seen in his fullness until the day we step into the atmosphere of heaven, which we're tasting right now. Shemakaya. Now, this is the last verse. This is the, actually the first passage that, Jesus, that we know that Jesus preached from. 
this, out of Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Hallelujah. To preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. He heals the brokenhearted. Thank you, Jesus. How many broken hearts? How many broken hearts? How many times has your heart been broken? How many times have you been disappointed? Your expectancies have not been realized. Your your hopes have been deferred. Your dreams have been smashed. How many times have words crushed your, your heart? How many times have lies stolen from you? How many disappointments have you experienced in your life? And it's one of the dangers of getting older is that the tendency in the natural is to become a crusty old geezer because of wounded hearts. Or you can become like Dick Mills. You become more and more like a child the older you get if you're intoxicated, if you're drinking of his love. If you're just flowing in the world, there's just so much junk out there. You get hit, hit so many times, you start recoiling. You start closing your hearts. The broken heart becomes a closed heart. But the Lord's love, the love of God begins to open it up. Just maybe a little crevice at first and then a little wider and a little wider, a little wider. And we begin to open wide the gates. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.